0: Welcome to the Same But Different Podcast, a show that celebrates humanity, the ways we love others, the ways we keep love from coming in. We're going to dig deep. This show brings a dash of vulgarity and a whole lot of audacity to the Enneagram. If you're looking to know yourself on a deeper level, nurture healthier relationships, foster richer connections, and improve communication to make that happen, then you're in the right place, my friend. Hi, I'm your host, Amy, Enneagram alchemist and a fiercely supportive sister stepping in stride beside you. Are you ready to feel fucking seen? Are you ready to see others? Because I'm ready to ask those questions. The very things we're trying to avoid are exactly what we need to embrace in order to grow. So kick back, take off your bra, get comfy, and let's fucking do this. Welcome back to the Same But Different podcast. And happy 2024. Is anyone else just oh, fuck twenty twenty three? Just I'm thrilled, thrilled that that year is over. Uh, as far as my podcast went in twenty twenty three, I did nine episodes, um, and I'm very proud of those episodes. I had a lot going on in my personal life last year and decided to not prioritize the podcast. And my reasoning for that was really, I was like, this isn't monetized. I mean, it is. In all transparency, I've made like $40 off of this. So my financial advisor, best friend, let me know where to invest that, please. Um, I just thought to myself, like this isn't, it's not a priority in my business. It's not a priority in my personal life. It makes me $0. Um, Let's just hold off on. You know putting too much energy and effort into this and even though i am beyond proud and thrilled with the nine episodes that i produced last year especially with some incredible guests i brought on um i was talking to my therapist about things i want to do in 2024 that bring me joy right like we were talking about what does filling my life with joyful things look like and podcasting is one of the very first no it's the first thing that that even came to mind. And I think it's just because I like talking so much, (laughs) but I like talking of course, but I also, I really enjoy when I do have guests on and I've got several people that I would love to have on. I've got this big concept that I've, you know, teased on here several times that if I can figure out how to get going would probably be insanely huge. Um, so my hope is that for, not my hope, In 2024, I will be podcasting more. I don't know that it'll be much more than nine episodes a year. Um, I thought, you know, I could easily commit to at least one episode a month. So here we are, it's the fifth of the month and we're one episode in. So every year I give something up. I should say every year for the last like four or five years, I've given something up and not in order to be really restrictive, not in order to be like super controlling with myself. More so, I don't know, kind of like a little experiment. So I don't, I think it was 2020, was it 2020, 2021? No, it was 2020 was the first year. I just gave up Starbucks for the year. And for those of you who are like, oh shit, how do you do that? Um, I'm not a coffee drinker, so I don't drink coffee. Oh, not on board with that life. Um, I've never enjoyed coffee. And all I really get from Starbucks, I get pink drinks. Oh, best drink ever. I get refreshers. I love their chai lattes and that I actually just learned to make it home. So I do want to just own that me giving up Starbucks in 2020 and I'm giving it up this year too. It's not that big of a stretch, especially now that I know how to make my own chai. So in 2020, I gave up Starbucks. I can't remember. I've done it a couple years now. And then last year, I also gave up alcohol. I had gotten, in all transparency, a girlfriend and I had a great night, um, very end of 2022. I think it was New Year's Eve or the day before. It was the day before New Year's Eve and we went out and got, we drank so much and then we went to get, you know, (laughs) piercings. They weren't, uh, they had a long line and we were like, oh, we'll just come back. And what did we do in that time? We went and drank more. And then we went back and i got my septum pierced so my nose and this studio had no i couldn't even look at them i I couldn't even look at anyone um i was so inebriated i was so drunk i could barely stand up straight so honestly shame on them that's pretty unethical um but it was very eye-opening when i woke up the next morning and was like did i pierce my face and i don't remember and the answer to that question was yes and i just thought you know what we're going to do this alcohol while I've had a lot of fun on it on and off throughout my life, um, has really not done me a lot of good. And there was a point, there was a five year period where I had a serious alcohol problem. Um, and I mean, I was drinking, oh my God, like a handle, like a huge thing of vodka a week on my own for five years straight. So yeah, it was a problem. (laughs) And so when I gave it up, by the time I gave it up last year, it really, other than, you know, the random blackout (laughs) facial piercing that I stand by and is adorable, I really hadn't been drinking a lot leading up to that. So again, kind of giving up, kind of kind of how I gave up Starbucks. I wasn't really big into coffee anyway. And I'm not really, I wasn't really a heavy drinker anymore, other than just an occasional night out with a girlfriend or my husband or whomever it might've been. So I just want to say that for me, it wasn't as big of a stretch as it would be for someone who is an alcoholic or who does have alcohol dependency. Um, but it was a fascinating social experiment for me. Truly that's more so what it was, was, can I do this? I've been a heavy drinker since I was 18. Um, and again, not heavy, but I don't know more than I probably should. And I thought, can I do this? And what's, what's it going to be like because I live here in Oklahoma and that's what we do here. Um, I guess I shouldn't speak for a whole state, but that's what my circle has always done. We're just big drinkers. It's a, it's what we do. And so I also noticed throughout the last year that when I say it's what we do, it's what a lot of this whole country does. There is such a large liquor or alcohol culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was just interesting throughout the year to watch people who are getting gifts and those gifts are alcohol related and to watch people not be able to go to dinner without having two or three drinks or to not be able to go to breakfast without having two or three drinks. And I I say this with zero judgment. It was just purely observation on my end. Um, I really missed what's crazy is I'm about to say, like, I really missed mimosas. I don't really like mimosas. I don't like champagne. It's dry. It's not sweet enough for me. What I missed was the social aspect. Um, So if someone was ordering a mimosa, I just ordered an orange juice, which I actually love. And I thought, huh, this is better anyway. There's not alcohol in it, which is what I'm going for. I actually enjoy this. I don't enjoy the champagne that goes in mimosas. Um, And I'm going to finish the whole thing. I hardly ever finished my mimosas. I would just drink half of them because I needed them really cold. So yeah, it was just this weird noticing. Um it was really interesting. When I very first decided to do it, I told a bunch of people. <clears throat> and I'm sorry I'm losing my voice apparently. And several people peer pressured me and like had a bunch of questions and laughed and I don't know, just had these snarky remarks to make about it, and it was just interesting to see people prioritizing drinking over someone's autonomy like i don't know it was just why would you not support that so it was that was interesting um i went to las vegas last year i went to a conference in naples florida last year like i went to a bachelorette party in las vegas and didn't drink i mean i partook in all partook in all the edibles but didn't drink anything and that was fascinating so just a real interesting social experiment now beyond that beyond giving up liquor last year, I also, for, um, I should say, I lead with Enneagram type two. So if you don't know about us, about my people, um, every type has, you know, a little name attached to it. And I never, ever, ever use these names. I think they do put people in boxes. I don't think a lot of them are in alignment. Um, but I will say that the type twos name that they're sometimes called, like they're traditionally called the helpers or the givers and twos can use giving, whether that's of themselves, their time, like their volunteer, for some, it's money for some, it's gift giving. They can really use those strategies as indirect ways to get their needs met. So how that could look is let's say, I feel like someone's pulling away from me as a two, I could start to, instead of addressing it directly and saying, Hey, can we talk about this? instead of that, because on the other side of that could be rejection and that's our core fear. So instead of that, a two might send someone a gift. And another thing about twos is we probably, I would go as far as to say we are some of the best gift givers. And I don't care. You can't You can't argue it. We are excellent gift givers. We know what you love. We know what you want. And that blessing can also be a curse, right? It's like when we use our good for evil or not evil, but right. When you, when you overuse your good, when it's, when it goes on overdrive, when it's not used for good, it can become a problem. And that was one of the things that really opened my eyes to my type. Whenever I was, whenever I discovered I was a two was I Everything I just said, I have done that throughout my whole life. I would give to people. I would send them little gifts if I noticed the relationship felt strained or I would send them like five dollars for coffee money on Venmo. And it just. It's it makes me sad for myself. Um, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but it makes me sad for myself to see that lack of worth, right? The I guess it's more than the lack of worth, like a lack of worth and then a lack of what is it like? confidence to be able to go and have just an open dialogue with someone right like why couldn't I just go to someone and say hey are we okay or hey do we need to talk about things um and this year I found myself doing that because I also beyond in addition to giving up alcohol I also decided to not give any gifts this year or last year in 2023 so in 2023 I gave up liquor and I gave up gift giving <laughs> what a fucking year to do it. Um, and it was another kind of social experiment to see, just to really see. So I made a couple of caveats. Oh, here's Alexa. Oh, Lord. I don't know if that'll get edited out or not. We'll see. Um, So my caveats for gift giving were I still was going to give. I still planned and did give Christmas gifts to my family. So my parents and my sister. And then um, I also said that I would still do birthday gifts as well. So husband, sister, mom and dad. That was it. Um, And I really wanted to hone in on really my purpose for doing it was I thought, I wonder how often I feel called or drawn to give and I found out it was, it was a lot. Um, now I do have another episode in here that I will link in the show notes where I did a whole episode dedicated to twos that it's really for anyone who struggles with this giving to get kind of concept, right? It's, it's manipulation. I know it's a word that a lot of us twos are sensitive to, but it's also the truth. So we can be manipulative. And uh, the intent behind the manipulation is not truly what matters. It's the, imp- it's the impact on that intent, right? The intention is ours to work on. The impact on, and when we work on that intention, that's going to always going to improve the impact on the other end of it. So those were my caveats was birthday for sister, mom, dad, husband, Christmas for the same. That was it. So in this episode i was mentioning i talk about a little practice for type twos or again anyone who struggles with this kind of concept to check in before they give of themselves and the reason i'm sharing this was there was one time in 2023 i broke my rule Um, uh, i felt very called to give someone a birthday gift that I just, I felt bad, the situation, I'm not going to get into it, but I felt really bad. And so I was like, okay, let's do this check-in practice first and make sure that I'm not manipulating on the other side of this. And I was like, okay, if they didn't no, no, what was the first question? Oh, the first question was, am I expecting to gain anything from this? Right? Am I hoping that they'll love me more? Am I hoping that they'll talk to me more? Am I hoping that our relationship will change and increase and improve or whatever? Um, I was like, Nope. I really sat with it and I didn't. I was like, okay, good there. Second question, second out of two, um, is if they didn't thank me, if they didn't recognize me for this gift, would I still give it? Because that's the thing with gift giving is it comes with expectations. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, So I checked in with that as well. And I was like, no, if they didn't send this to me, I'm sorry, if they didn't thank me for this or even let me know they got it, I would still send it. So those are my two check-in questions with myself. I felt really confident in them. I will say there is definitely some work to be done there on why I sent this gift. Um, why I sent it probably, I don't know, pride a little bit. I don't, I felt bad for them and I love them. I love them to pieces, but I felt bad in this situation. So I wanted to send them something that alone is something I should work on. And the universe delivered. They didn't thank me for it. I don't even know if they got it. And what's interesting was I noticed that, right? I mean, of course I noticed that. And once I noticed it, I took a deep breath and I thought, God, I feel nothing around that. I really had released the need for that gratitude, the need for whatever people like to tie to gifts. It's always an expectation, no matter what it is, it's an expectation and I had none. So I sent the gift altruistically and uh, I hope they got it. (laughs) I couldn't tell you if they did, but it was a very interesting thing to go through because I didn't expect anything on the other end of it. And as the universe would have it, I didn't get anything on the other end of it either. And that was okay. Now I do want to talk about expectations because I've talked about this before and people will say, that's so rude. They should thank you. Why? They didn't ask me for that gift they didn't ask me to send them anything honestly if i would have told them i was going to they would have said don't um that's what i've noticed with gifts in general right when it's christmas time i used to work at an office and we were it was insane the expectation to give 10 different gifts in the office at work and the expectation to take people to their to lunch for their birthday and then to buy them a gift for their birthday and it was just It comes with all of these expectations that are infuriating to me. Absolutely infuriating. Um, There was a few people I did let some people know that I wasn't going to be giving gifts this year. I mean, I have friends that I've given Christmas gifts and birthday gifts to for a decade, but I did find myself throughout this year kind of thinking, "Ah, look at me. I'm so boundary and I'm not giving gifts, but I would keep telling people like, oh, I'm not giving gifts this year. Oh, I'm not giving gifts this year and then i would just feel like a boundary queen. <laughs> but i recently realized that's kind of a hollow, i don't know. Was it like a false boundary maybe? Maybe it was just like a good tiptoe towards a real boundary because a real boundary would be just not giving a gift and not explaining it. But those fucking expectations are so sneaky. Like i know that people expect gifts and i'm here to say that i had a couple people upset about it. They were like, "What?" You're not going to give me a birthday gift. I said, no, and you don't have to give me one either. To be very clear, you never do. Um, and so throughout the year, it was fascinating to see the amount of money I saved, just <laughs> the amount of money I saved and not giving. It was fascinating to see how 0% of my friendships were impacted by not giving them a gift, 0%. It didn't even come up in conversation. Um, I have always just made gifts into this, I don't know what this huge ordeal. And I put so much thought into them. They're so sentimental. They tend to have a lot of meaning. I'm not just going to go pick something up and be like, well, hopefully they like this. If I give you a gift, you're going to fucking love it. Hopefully, hopefully Um, I'm going to put a lot of thought into it. It's going to have some kind of meaning and It was so freeing to release all of that. There's so much, at least on my end, I can't speak for anyone else. I'm definitely not gonna speak for all the twos out there, but the energy I put into gift giving is large. It is excessive, it is unnecessary. So to have a year free of that was, it was everything, right? It was just everything. And I will say that when I was drinking more regularly, That's when I would really get crazy with gift giving, right? Like my little inhibitions would lower and I'd be like, Oh, let's just get on Amazon and send people things like, not okay. Not okay. So at the end of it all, I have realized I fucking hate expectations. The expectation that we have to show up at Christmas with gifts for nine people. And to be clear, it's interesting because the expectations shift based on people's personal lives. Right. So I'm still married. Like my husband and I have double income, no kids. We're called a a dink family. We make decent money. And like, there is an expectation that we show up with gifts to certain events. Um, and, but people who have kids or make less, right. make less money. They're not expected to give at all. Um, and I'm not calling out any, any particular person, but it's just so fascinating to see the expectations. How many times can I say that word that are placed on people's shoulders and and depending on the circumstances. Um, so this year I did a lot of my, I don't know if I'd call it a boundary, right? I was like, I'm not giving gifts. I'm not giving gifts. I guess we can call it that, but moving forward, I won't be doing that. And moving forward, I'm sticking to this. I'm not going to give gifts for birthdays. I'm not going to give gifts for Christmas other than my partner and my mom, dad and sister, like immediate family. That's it. I won't be sending out birthday gifts anymore. And uh, the way I love giving, the way that makes me the happiest is like throughout the year. I'll use my friend Brendan, for example. he really loves, I don't know if he'll hear this or not. He really loves these little trees that are like, they're built with like a copper wire that you wind. It's very hard to explain. And at the end of the copper wire, like the, the wires are formed into like the trunk and then the branches. And then instead of leaves, it's gemstones, crystals. So it'll be like amethysts or emeralds or whatever it might be. And he collects them. And so I don't remember where I was this year. I think I was somewhere in Florida and I saw one and it wasn't his birthday. It was nowhere near his birthday. And I thought, oh my God, Brendan would love this. And then I remembered I'm not giving any gifts, but that is the kind of gift giving I want to give because I do consider myself a pretty good gift giver. As I've said multiple times now, <laughs> sounds very braggy, but I want to do it in a way that feels good to me. And it's not that birthdays don't feel good to me. I still love giving, but there's always been this, the word it's resentment. That's what it is. I was going to say, I'm not sure what it is, but it's resentment like this. I have to do this. And the, the, I have to do this is the expectation, right? And you know, in the United States, that is so much of what holidays slash consumerism are about. We're expected to do, like parents are now, what parents are expected to do for their kids at like at a school level, like an elementary um, school level is crazy. I remember I'm an elder millennial born in in the 80s. And uh, for Valentine's Day, we would just give out these little, do you guys remember them? They were just, they didn't even fold. They were like two inches by three inches. And you could get them with like superhero characters or like cartoon characters. And you just wrote the to and the from, And then you might do like a box of the little disgusting sugar candies. That's it. Now I'm seeing parents do these huge boxes and they have parties and they have to bring gifts and they have to bring cookies and they have to bring food and snacks. And they'll do that for, oh, my God, what do you guys do it for? I'm trying to think of what all my friends have shared with me because I don't have kids. So there'll be like a New Year's party. There'll be a Valentine's Day party. They'll do St. Patrick's Day. They might do an Easter party. And then it's we're going to do a summer party and then we're going to do something for Halloween, maybe for Thanksgiving, maybe for Christmas, maybe for Hanukkah, whatever it might be. And every single one of those things, you're expecting the parent to spend all of this money and and all of this time. And that's the thing. When you are expecting a gift from someone, when you're expecting someone to give you something or to give your kids something. Right. Right. You have to remember where that, how that gift got in their hands. It came from that person likely working into the United States. I don't know the percentages. I'm actually a recruiter. I should know this information. I'm, I can't even take a guess or a stab in the dark around the percentage of people actively working full-time jobs in America that hate their job. It's gotta be like 70%. It's gotta be at minimum 70% of people are unhappy with their jobs. So the person buying that gift, you're expecting them to go to their job that they don't like away from their family and whether they have family or not, they don't want to be there unlikely. Um, and you're expecting them to work and let's say this gift costs $50 and they make $10 an hour. So your expectation for a gift is that someone gives up five hours of their time at a job that might not bring them joy in order to give you a present. Yeah. Fuck that. No. I do not, I just don't buy into it anymore. Um, I just don't. And I will say that I have a lot of twos in my life where I know a lot of twos and some of them were just floored to hear this concept. A lot of them were like, let us know how it goes. I would love to give it up. And I'm saying, give it up. If you want to truly take a year, do what I did use it as a boundary, right? Hey, I just, as an experiment, I'm going to see how this goes this year. No gift giving. You can make your own caveats. It was. Wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, my friend Melissa, who on Instagram is Enneagram Paths, she was doing some Enneagram coaching with me last year when I shared with her. No, maybe it was the year before. Maybe I had shared I was going to give up gifts or I had just given them up, whatever it was. And she said, Oh, every time you think to give someone a gift, you should get yourself something. And I said, I wouldn't save any money then. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm constantly, I was constantly thinking of things I loved for other people and I can't tell you the last time I thought about giving someone something other than myself it made room I I was gonna I was trying to figure out what it made room for but I guess it just made room for me truly so I just for anyone that this resonates with I want to say you can do it if you want to and if you do I would love To know about it i would love to know about it so moving forward i i won't even be explaining to people that i'm no longer giving gifts i don't owe anyone that even the explanation is an expectation right if someone needs to be told that you aren't giving them a gift right so let's say i don't know my sister who would never expect a gift. Um, let's say like, she is wonderful about not putting expectations on others, but let's say my sister expected a gift for her birthday. And I had to go tell her like, Hey, I'm no longer giving gifts. Or if she came to me and said, Hey, why didn't you give a gift? Yeah. I won't be partaking in those conversations at all. Um, I don't even think I will say because I gave up gift giving, Ooh, I'm going to, I actually need to sit and think about like a solid response to that. That is a good boundary response. Maybe it's just because I'm didn't or because I don't anymore or, or whatever it is I might think of, I'll think of something. But I think that the more I'm learning about setting boundaries, which is a pretty new, a newer concept to me. um, I will say that I find myself wanting to explain myself less and less. I've just always felt the need to over explain things to people um, in order for them to kind of see me in a certain light. So, you know, once upon a time, I would go on and on and on to maybe my closest friend about why I wasn't giving her a gift in hopes that that kind of pacified the conversation and in hopes that she wouldn't be upset with me and in hopes that we would still be close. And now, 2024, Amy is like, fuck that. My best friend is amazing. The people I have in my life today. They don't put those expectations on my shoulders. And I think, Ooh, I got goosebumps when I said that that's been a lot of my work too, is, you know, I've gone through a lot in my personal life in the last year and I will eventually do an episode or 20 (laughs) to go over that. I'm not quite ready, but I will say in 2023, I also said no to a lot of people and I, ended some friendships and I ended most of them terribly, um, in ways that I'm probably not proud of, but the people I have in my life today are people I don't have to set expectations with. I don't even have to tell them I'm not sending you a gift because they're that aligned with me. They're that, they're that good. And I think that as a lifelong people pleaser, if you are also a people pleaser like me, that maybe that's something to look into. Are you surrounded by people who put expectations on you? Right? So maybe it's not so much you that has the boundary problem. Maybe it's the people around you have a boundary problem and put things on your shoulders that if you do leave with type two, you feel obligated to deliver on, but I'm here to tell you, fuck those obligations. Fuck every single one of them. They're not obligations. You don't have to give of yourself and i keep talking about gifts i also i should also be saying giving of your time giving of your energy it does not have to be money doesn't have to be involved at all any kind of exchange are you being expected to do things at your kids school maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and there's just an expectation that you do more because you're a stay-at-home mom yeah fuck that too very easy for me to say very easy for me the human with no children to say that, but I just want to call out. I've seen that time and time again with my mom friends. And I just see people put expectations on them, especially stay at home moms. People think that they do so little, which, which is truly, I don't, I don't want to say the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's the most inaccurate thing I've ever heard the most inaccurate thing I've ever heard. Um, They do more than any human should do. And they don't ever get time off. They get no vacation time. They get no pay. They get little respect. They don't get to clock off ever. Their jobs are 24-7. So get the fuck out of here with putting your expectations on moms who stay home. Um, They have plenty to do, I assure you. Sorry, I'll step off that pedestal. Um, But I just, I, I wanted to call out that giving as a person doesn't have to include money it's any kind of energetic exchange so that can be an energetic you know monetary exchange it can be an exchange of money but it can also be your time volunteering doing things for people how are you helping people are you expected to help are you expected to serve do you feel obligated to serve do you feel obligated to help um and if it feels like an obligation is that maybe an expectation An unfair expectation you're putting on yourself, because if it's an obligation, if I'm sorry, I should say, if it feels like an obligation, there are some obligations in life that we just have to deal with like them or not. But oftentimes I think the ones we put on our own shoulders, they can be examined, (laughs) they can be looked at, they can be questioned. Let's get curious there. Do you have to be doing as much as you're doing? Are you putting those expectations on your shoulders? Are there other people putting those expectations? on your shoulders and to kind of, you know, loop back to having the right people in your life, maybe that can be part of what you let go of in 2024 is the wrong people, the wrong people. I have always had just too many people in my life. And I say that I have wonderful people in my life, but when I get to know people, I get to know them and I get to know them deeply and I get to know them really quickly and then we get in there real close. And then we'll eventually kind of find out like, Oh, this probably went a little too fast. We didn't really feel this out. And then I struggle kind of releasing friendships. Um, I definitely, there's no, I struggle. It's I'm terrible at releasing friendships in a kind, mature way. I get so deeply uncomfortable with it and just avoid it's, it's horrendous. I'm working on it. Um, I promise I'm working on it, but in 2024, let's start honoring ourselves more why are we still doing things being so unkind to ourselves to the point of burnout, to the point of, you know, I've heard of my friends, some of my friends who are twos like giving of them themselves financially so much that they will be in risky financial situations because of it. And why, where are you in all of that? Um, no matter your Enneagram type, but if you're someone who has struggled with that concept, where are you in it? So, this has been a very random episode, but I wanted to come on and say hi and kind of update you. Haven't haven't dropped a podcast since the end of October. Um, so yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. I will say my word for the year. I love doing a word for the year. So my year, uh, my word in 2020 was intentional. Can't remember for the life me, what it was in 2022. Oh, aligned. No, it was aligned, intentional. Last year, my word was no. So uh, obviously I said no to alcohol Um I said no to some some big relationships in my life. I let them go. I said no to I got offered to write a book. I said no to that. I was invited on several pretty large podcasts and I turned those down. Um there were also several commitments that I had said yes to. And then backed out of, and I did those very graciously, not in an unkind way. Um, and to the people that I, that I changed my mind to, which for me as a human and, and someone who leads with two changing my mind feels very hard because I don't want to, I've always operated on this. I don't want to upset anyone. And I'm, I'm feel very, I don't want to say I'm completely past that. I don't know if I'll ever fully release that part of myself, but. It It's not at the forefront of my mind anymore. I really last year thought all I'm going to do this year is make space for myself and I will do it without an apology. So I also, when I would change my mind or back out of deals, I'm sorry, not back out of deals. I didn't make any deals and then back out of them, but, um, I never apologized. I never once said, I'm so sorry, because I think a lot of people who lead with two can just endlessly just apologize for their existence. And I refuse to be that person anymore. So to the people that I did change my mind to with commitments and, you know, ended up backing out of them, they all were so understanding and they were so respectful. Um, there were people in my my community here in Oklahoma that had asked me to come do some teachings, some workshops. And I said, you know, this is, I don't have the mental capacity for it this year. And they said, that's, we completely understand. Let us know when you do. So I told person after person after person, no in 2023 excuse me. So I could say yes to myself and other than some friendships, I ended in a real shitty way. Um, I was really proud of how I handled everything else. I was really proud of it. I didn't apologize for it. I really stopped apologizing. Sorry used to be, I'm sorry. Hold on. I need to back that up. <laughs> I don't mean to say I've stopped apologizing. I always own my shit, but I've just stopped apologizing for existing, right? Like if someone hits me the other day, I was coming out of Walmart, and this car almost hit me. And I almost said, I'm sorry to them. And I caught myself and I was like, Wow, it is that programmed into my brain to apologize if someone almost, you know, takes my life. (laughs) Like it can be that deeply ingrained in us as humans, these these patterns in general, not just apologizing. So I just want to say, those are the kind of apologies that I have stopped doing. Not in general. I try to be someone who owns their shit. It might take me a little bit of time to come around and see my role in a situation. But when I do, I always own it. I always own it. So I feel like I'm rambling, but it's my podcast and I'm here to ramble. So 2023, my word was no. I said no to so much. And my word for this year is yes. And just when I think like when I sit here and think about all the times I said no, and how dark parts of last year were for me and for a lot of people, just the whole fucking world is burning. The whole fucking world is burning. It's horrendous. Um, it's, it's just hard. But when I think about 2024 and I think about the word yes, and how I plan to use it, um, I plan to use it to say yes to things that I would typically say no to. And I plan to use it to say yes to things that would, maybe make me uncomfortable. So if someone says, Hey, do you want to go swim with sharks? Okay. That's going to be a, no, I can't even in a cage. Like I will go in a cage with a tiger all day. I don't know if you guys know that about me. I've, I used to volunteer with large cats, um, squirrel, squirrel brain. Sorry. So, but if someone's like, do you want to jump out of an airplane? I, I might do it and I'm afraid to put that on the podcast because one of my type seven friends is immediately gonna text me and be like, bitch, we're jumping out of the plane. Um, but in 2024, I wanna say yes to things like that, right? Like I wanna say yes to things that scare me a little, maybe not that completely terrify me. I do have one big big move in my life I'm making that completely terrifies me and I think counts, counts as the biggest yes to my life. Um, but I plan to say yes to things that are scary. And I plan to say yes to things that are hard and yes to things that are new. I just really folded into myself a lot last year. And I'm done folding into myself. I'm ready to live and I'm ready to be out there in the world and making a difference and making an impact. Um, I turned 40 this year and I couldn't be more excited about that. I'm very grateful that growing up my mom still today has always celebrated age and, and aging. Um, she would always say something along the line. I say she would as though she's not alive. She's just down the road from me, just about 10 miles. Um, but she has always said something along the lines of, yeah, the opposite saying the opposite of aging. If you what, what would she say? Oh, if you're not aging, that means you're dead, right? If you're not, if you're not getting older, then you're dead. She said, so I'm always going to pick getting older. And I just always thought that was such a, a cool way to view aging why would we not celebrate it and listen i have botox along with a lot of other people in this country but i'm not going to be chopping my face up like you see celebrities do i'm not going to be blowing my face up and making myself not look like something i don't look like and i want to celebrate getting older um and please 40 is not old i'm not trying to say old i feel like this is when i'm Gonna actually start living my life. I think a lot last year I didn't want to. Um, I just didn't want to. And this year, it just feels like it's it's time. It's time. I've done enough thinking on things, I've done enough emoting to last me and the rest of the world a lifetime. And it's time to start living. And being excited for life, and doing the things that make me happy. And so some of those things, I do wanna go on a big international trip this year on my own. I've wanted to do a solo trip when I turned 40 for like, I don't know, the last five years. Um, I'm really considering Thailand. We will see. Don't mind me having a little eat, love, pray moment. Um, uh, And then I will go to Naples, Florida again, for the second year's Hidden Summit conference and retreat. Cannot wait to go to that and see my people again. Some other big shifts coming up that I will again, will come on and talk about, but I want to say yes. I want to say yes. So please don't bombard my inbox with messages about skydiving. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. No, I have to, I have to. So even if no one asks me, I'm going to do it. So I guess if no one asks me by Thailand, maybe I'll do it in Thailand. But in Thailand, I want to find and please reach out if you all know of places, not if you know of places, if you have specifically been to places like this in Thailand. I don't care if you have a neighbor that did it. I don't care if you have a cousin who did it. I do not want to hear those messages or read those messages. But if you yourself have been to Thailand, um, I want to, I think, I think I want to find a resort uh, that I can stay at when I'm there. I'm not really looking for like a big group thing. And I I know there are several elephant sanctuaries in Thailand. Now, some of those are more for profit, like for tourists to come in and take pictures. I'm not interested in those at all. I'm interested in a true elephant sanctuary where I can go in and work with them. I'm sorry, work with them. I say that. That's how I used to talk about safaris where I volunteered. Um, I will go and shovel elephant shit. I will feed them. I will put the hay out. I will clean their areas. Like... I want to go volunteer with elephants is what I should say in a sanctuary that is not there for tourists to uh, use them for like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to go where they're used for money. That's how I should say it. Um, and I don't need to be able to touch them or handle them like no one to be very, very clear. This is my. This is my animal advocacy. <clears throat> I'm getting on my pedestal real quick. If you don't know this about me, I volunteered for about 20 years at, um, maybe not 20 years, like a solid 10, 10, 15 years at an exotic wildlife sanctuary where you had lions, tigers, bears, jaguars, um, oh my God, monkeys, wolves, cougars, all the barnyard animals, all the snakes, everything. We had about 100, 200 animals on about a 15 acre area um and i'm here and all of those almost all of those animals came from people who had purchased them or had had them in oh my god and circuses do not do not ever get me started on circuses unless you have the time but i'm here to say no one needs to pet a fucking elephant you don't even need to see the animals at the zoo do you need to see a zebra get on the internet do you need to see a giraffe in Tulsa, Oklahoma? I can't even tell you. We eventually, we killed so many polar bears that they finally gave it up. I think at least three or five died. I mean, because polar bears don't belong. I mean, in the United States, let alone in Oklahoma, but we've killed multiple animals here, having them in zoos. So as you can tell, I will get very, very fired up about animal advocacy. So as far as Thailand goes, I'm interested in true sanctuaries. And I do know that a lot of sanctuaries are driven by tourist profit. Um, so long as they're not being completely used and they're not having to do tricks. And I just, it has to be a a solid sanctuary. So if you've ever been to a resort in Thailand that has like a lot of Buddhism tied to it or a lot of spirituality tied to it. I'm very interested in going and getting like a Sanskrit tattoo and having my energy read and again, going and doing, um, elephant sanctuary volunteering if I can. So if you've done something like that personally, please reach out. Um, but I really, really want 2024 for me to be filled with a bunch, not just yeses, fuck yeses. Like, I think my motto in life moving forward, when I think about people and I know this is not, I I didn't come up with this saying it's a, it's very, I don't know, I was going to say cliche. It's not cliche, but it's, it's maybe overused sometimes, but I love it. If someone is not a fuck yes for me, they have to be a fuck no, right? Like I I've had too many people in my life that are in the gray area and I myself have been a gray area friend and it's no fun. It's no fun. So I want my circle to be small and to be really, really impactful, and to be the right people in the right circle. And I want my yeses to light me up. I want them to scare me a little bit, just a little bit. Um, Maybe I'll jump out of an airplane. Who knows? But whatever you've decided on, if you have decided on a word for the year, I hope it's a great one. I've done, I did a post last year and a post this year, recently on Words of the Year. So, if you need ideas for that, check me out on Aligned Soul Co on Instagram. And I've also decided I'm going to stop talking about my projects that I'm working on until they are like within 30 days of launch. Because, as a lot of people who listen to my podcast know, I talked about launching a podcast for a year before I launched. How fucking obnoxious! It, it was. It was really just more so obnoxious to continue talking about. And then the same thing has happened with this course that I'm building, where I've been talking about it forever and it's not gonna launch until much later this year. Um, so I also I also want to work on, I just I get so excited about these ideas and I wanna share them with people. And I want to start talking about it, but. I think that also could just end up dead in the water by the time it gets here. So there's something to be said for um, creating that suspense in a really short amount of time instead of a fucking year. So projects moving forward, I probably not going to be discussing until right before they come out. And then, yeah, I feel like this episode has just been me rambling and talking. So thanks for being with me. Um, I think the most listened to episode, I can't click into my account right now. I think it would... I don't know if I would stop the recording. I think it would. Um, but my top two listen to episodes this year were my friend Kelsey with Healthy Nine Club and then the sex therapy episode with uh, Lindsay Frazier. So I plan to have more people on of that nature as far as people who specialize in certain things that we can then lay over the Enneagram. I plan to have, if you're going to hear my dog snoring maybe, <laughs> Marshall. I plan to have people on and just interview by type. I still need to have my best friend Lacey on here. Lacey, if you're listening, need to book that. I'm going to have my friend Christy come on here. She is the creator and owner of Enneagram University, which is a fantastic certification program for Enneagram coaches. And Christy herself is a therapist and she has other people on her staff that are badass certified anygram practitioners and it's taught through the lens of thoughtfulness intentionality kindness it's very hands on it's and it comes with business um, business building on it as well. It's the only certification for the Enneagram that does. So I really want to get Christy on here. I get a lot of messages from people around what program to use and I highly recommend Enneagram University. I myself am enrolled in it. This would be my third certification. (laughs) It's giving type five. Um, But I do consider myself someone who will, I will be a forever student of the Enneagram. I will never be finished learning. There's an entire piece of it that I've never brought to the podcast that I haven't brought to Instagram, to my, um, I almost said my blog, my email list, my Facebook group, how many other formats can I have for communication? And that's the sub, um, the subtypes, which are based off of our driving instincts. So there's a lot of content I have to put out into the world via this podcast platform. And I hope you stick around this year to hear it happy 2024. I hope this year, brings you everything that maybe you didn't even know you needed. I hope this year that you discover something new about yourself. I hope this year that you forgive yourself for something that you've always beat yourself up for. I hope you fall in love with yourself this year. I hope you fall out of love with the wrong people. I hope you kick their fucking asses to the curb. I hope this year you eat too much ice cream. I hope that you drown in joy. I hope you find the things that light you up. And when you fuck up and when you mess up because you're a human, I hope you find the grace to remember that you get to do it all again the next day. Talk to you soon, friends.